1: Post-game, the day after Christmas edition of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast, yes, show covering your Las Vegas Raiders, your triumphant Las Vegas Raiders. They win on Christmas Day, downing the Kansas City Chiefs 20-14. Huge win for Raider Nation. Huge win for Antonio Pierce. Huge win for the Raiders. And to talk about it, we're here with you on Silver and Black Today. Scott Branson, my co-host is Mr. Mo Mote, and He's senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report. Also Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com where you can also catch my work as well. Mo boy, I'll tell you what, what an epic display for the Raiders defensively in this game. It this win had so many, so many underlying stories that were key to this franchise. And we're gonna get into the Antonio Pierce. I know that's a big thing, and we're gonna talk about that. But we're going to wait to the second segment. The first segment I want to devote really to the game itself, the players who made the game, uh, and and all of that, all of the things we saw in Kansas City on Christmas Day because there, there's quite a bit to talk about there. But you look at what this team has been able to do now under Antonio Pierce at 4-3. and three. This win, this is their signature win of the season. They go to Kansas City, a place they have not won, since John Gruden was coach in 2020, the infamous victory lap around Arrowhead Stadium, they go in there and they don't just win. And, and again, there's offensive struggles. We'll talk about it. But the defense of the Raiders from the get-go, from the get-go, it was 1970s Raiders football. Punch you in the mouth. And, and Antonio Pierce told us that in the press conference. And I mentioned it in our last show that he the only way to stop trick plays, all this stuff, was to punch him in the mouth. Well, the Raiders came out defensively, Mo, from the get-go. A struggling Chiefs team doesn't matter. The Raiders set the pace early, didn't they? Absolutely.
0: I think the Raiders had three sacks in the first quarter, first yep. quarter and a half of play. It was clear that the tone was being set early, and Malcolm Coontz and Max Crosby had Patrick Mahomes running around the field all day. And it caused the Chiefs to offense to look very discombobulated. I was on the X while the game was going on early, and I hear the commentators, uh, Jim Nance and Tony Romo, and they're kind of asking the question, What's wrong with the Chiefs' offense? What's wrong with the Chiefs offense? And I and I push back on it and I'm like, it's clear what's wrong with the offense, it's the Raiders' defense. We have to give credit to the Raiders' defense because a lot of people want to say something is wrong with the Chiefs' offense. And while there's they have some issues. On Christmas Day, their biggest issue was the Raiders' defense and their pass rush. The coverage on the back end was also pretty solid because there were a bunch of times where Patrick Mahomes had time to throw, but he had no one to throw to. So I think we need to give more credit to this Raiders' defense. I've been trying to to trumpet the defense every week. Right now, they're eighth in scoring. Going into that game, they were ninth in scoring, so they're creeping up the rankings. But this defense is always, has typically played well this season even in the games where the Raiders have struggled to score points. Now I think you're seeing the extra swagger and confidence that Antonio Pierce brings to that football team. And I like what I saw out of Jack Jones. A lot of people say that Jack Jones shouldn't have stared down Patrick Mahomes on that pick six. And I say, I like that swagger from Jack Jones show Patrick Mahomes. You're not afraid show the chiefs that you're not afraid of them. If you're the Raiders and you've been punked by the chiefs for the past three years, as you said, since 2020 week five, you want to show that you're out there and you're you're equals to the Chiefs. Regardless of what the score has said over the past three years, you want to show that you're not going to cower in Patrick Mahomes' greatness. You're going to go out there and, as Antonio Pierce said, punch him in the mouth and win the football game. That's the mentality you need to have against the Chiefs. You can't go, oh, Patrick Mahomes, he's an all-pro quarterback. He has two Super Bowls. No, Patrick Mahomes, you're going to go down. You're going to go down frequently. I believe uh, uh, the patriarch of the Raiders, Franchise says something like the the quarterback has to go down. And he has to go down hard. So, yes, Patrick yeah. Mahomes went down plenty of times on Christmas, and that's part of the reason the Chiefs only scored 14 points and why the Raiders won the football game.
1: Well, and Mo, you talked about it too, and I I loved. I know there was some people that that took issue with Jack Jones not only staring down Mahomes, but then afterwards goes to a Chiefs kid a kid in the in the stands. And offers him the football, and then Psych pulls it back, and didn't give the kid the football. And there were some people in the wider NFL community. Oh, what a dick move! And all it—it it was very Raider-esque. It was very in in line with what you're talking about. And I want to say this too, to your point about not standing back and saying, "Oh, it's Patrick Mahomes. Oh, who cares?" Now you look at since the since the, since can, two, the can, 2010 start. season, the Raiders are 19 or excuse me, are 9-19 and against the Chiefs. It's been a one-sided rivalry. So how do you change that? You change that by not only going in and beating them at home, which they did, but you do that with the swagger. You do that to say, hey, listen, guess what? Those days are over. The days of you pushing us around, I know it's just one game. Okay, you got to build on that. But I'm just saying, to your point, you have to change the trajectory of what they think of the Raiders. Travis Kelsey's run over the Raiders for 10 years. You saw him throw his helmet in frustration yesterday because of the Raiders' defense hitting them in the mouth. And, and you're absolutely right. I was I was blown away because I know Raider fans get very sensitive with national media about, oh, why are they giving them credit and not us credit and all that kind of stuff. But yesterday, it was absolutely true, and you called it out. You have Nance and Romo, and they are, well, what's wrong with the Chiefs? What's wrong with the Chiefs? No, you got to give credit to the Raider defense who continues to get better and better. You talked about it top eight in scoring now. And overall, as the game progressed, of course, I saw I thought Tony Romo did a better job of talking about how the Raiders' young defensive backs were killing it yesterday. And I, you could talk about the Chiefs' lack of wide receiver; Didn't matter. The coverage was great. Why couldn't Patrick Mahomes throw the ball? Because the coverage was so good. Two things, Scott.
0: So... The whole Jack Jones pulling the ball away from the kid. If you, I follow Jack Jones, who is President Jack with two C's on the, the X. And he yeah. answered, he answered, he said, I didn't snatch the ball from the kid. It was from the black dude who tried to take it, watch uh-huh. it again lollipop. So this is another case of you see something on social Maryland. media, it's not exactly what you see. Yeah. Uh, people were saying, oh, he, you know, it was a jerk move for him to do. And some people laughed. I didn't comment on it because remember the Devontae Adams shove to the I believe it was a photographer, photographer early yeah. in the season a lot yeah. of people were like oh he looked Devonte Adams shoving a photographer and you see the video again it turns out that, that the guy crossed paths in front of him um so I, maybe that was last year maybe, was maybe last that was year. last year yeah. it was last yeah. year and I think it was um might have been after a big game Uh, that they lost. But anyway, it was, they lost, but I think it was in Kansas city. too. It was in Kansas city. It was in Kansas city. I I was going to say that. But if you watch that video again, you'll see that the guy crosses in front of Devontae Adams. He didn't shove him. (laughs) So in this video, after watching it again with Jack Jones, you see a guy behind the kid reaching. So I'm watching the video right now on my phone. You see a guy reaching for the ball behind the kid as Jack Jones is going to give the ball to the kid and he pulls it back. So for the people out there saying, oh, Jack Jones is a jerk and this is why he was dismissed in college because he has some issues off the field. This is another sign of that. Pump your brakes. He was pulling it back from a grown man who was trying to snatch the ball away from a kid. But that's besides the point. Going back to the actual game. But real quick, though, even if he had
1: done it to the kid, I thought it would have been funny. I know. I know.
0: I think people just on <laughs> social media just want something to complain about. Like That's they true. want they want to say, oh, look at these Raiders, these, you know, these renegade Raiders being jerks Good. again. And I say, look, watching the Raiders in in the early 90s, which, you know, which I did frequently when I could in New York City. I like that renegade attitude. I like the fact that they're not going to apologize for some of the things that they do. I like the fact that they have that swagger and attitude. And as you said, that's what Antonio Pierce said is Raider football. I believe it was our friend Q Myers who asked the question to Antonio Pierce, what exactly is Raider football? Mm -hmm. He talked about physicality. He he also called it violence in the post-game speech that he had on Monday. But he also said, you know, it's a team that, that has some swagger. And as I said, Raiders' defenses play well all year. Now they have extra swagger. So now I think that that's translating to the field where you're seeing more players. Raiders have two big man touchdowns John Jenkins against the Chargers, Blow Nichols against the Chiefs, two big man tutties, yes. Jack Jones with two pick sixes in back to back weeks. I believe he was the first player in, in decades to do that. And then you, have it, then you have other players stepping up. And to your point, a lot of people, when they talk about the Raiders' defense, they can't talk about anything other than Max Crosby. Oh, it's just Max Crosby and a bunch of other dudes. No, it's Robert Spillane making plays. It's Hobbs stopping a touchdown in the end zone Uh, past Rasheed Rice that shuts down the Chiefs' drive deeper in his territory. No, it's Jack, Jack Jones getting two pick sixes. No, it's Bilal Nichols and John Jenkins in the defensive line leaving their impression, leaving their mark on the Chiefs' defensive line. It's Malcolm Kuntz making a significant leap in his third year. It's a lot of players. It's not just Mac Mac uh Crosby anymore.
1: Yeah, and let's talk about Malcolm Kuntz. Mo, because it's a remarkable story. I mean, the way he's come now, he's played well all season. I will say that. But over the last five games, six games, maybe seven games since since Pierce took over, um, he has really come into his own. And and it's interesting because as you see, the Raiders under McDaniels and Ziegler went out and got Tyree Wilson in the draft. They felt they needed that other bookend. They thought he would be that bookend. Wilson's still developing and, and doing that hybrid role inside-outside. But Malcolm Kuntz has kind of solved that problem really quickly here for the Raiders. I mean, he was after Mahomes all day long, pressuring him in his face. And, and he is a man—I I said this. I think we went back to right after Pierce took over, they won the two games. And it was all about confidence, right? Building confidence with young players. Not so much that you're a playoff team, but as you get guys to build confidence, it's easier. They play looser. They play more to their ability. And I think Malcolm Kuntz is the perfect example of a guy who, given the opportunity, let loose, build confidence, and now you see where he's at.
0: Yeah, I believe he's at seven sacks and seven tackles for a loss right seven now. Seven sacks. Makes so th- he, had his, he had his best game. I thought he had his best game the previous week. Turns out he breaks out for three sacks. He believes he's one of four Raiders to have at least three sacks against the Chiefs. Howie Long is on that list. Tommy Kelly's on that list. Cameron Wembley is on that list. And Malcolm Coombs etched his name in, in a big breakout game. I said it during my Bleacher Report Live. If you were to give out game balls for this game, Jack Jones would get one. Blau Nichols would get one. And definitely Malcolm Koontz would get one. And, and I think Evan Grote, our friend over at uh, Sportsnot, said that it's very clear that Malcolm Koontz is now the wingman for for uh, Max Crosby. No disrespect to Tyree Wilson. I think Tyree Wilson, you can have him on the inside and have Malcolm Koontz and Max Crosby on the outside and have all three guys on the field at the same time. Even on my, my Bleacher Report Live, someone said Malcolm Koontz should get an extension. And maybe that sounds you know, you know, like a wild idea because he is young. But I will say this, if Malcolm Coons balls out again in 2024, his price is only going to go up because next year he's going into a contract year. So that's maybe something the Raiders consider to keep the price down so they don't have to pay an astronomical salary to him after the 2024 season if he continues to grow. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders give him an extension after this year, assuming he finishes out strong.
1: Yeah, and I, you don't have to make it – I mean, you could do a he, – he's, he's a young – you could do a three-year extension, right, on right. the end of that, right. and it doesn't give you too much exposure where if he doesn't pan out, which I don't think so. I think I think Malcolm Koontz has shown every bit that he is the real deal. And to your point, at the defensive end position, it's a premium position, so the price is just mm-hmm. going to continue to go up. And yep. so f- to, for them to lock it in, a great, great point by Evan and by you there. Um, You look at also, too, the performances of uh, Divine Diablo. Robert Spillane continues to do well. You talked about Nate Hobbs put up huge numbers, had one penalty, didn't matter. He made up for it. And that's what I like about this defense that I saw against the Chiefs. Everybody's sort of, I thought, in watching the response in social media with Raider Nation, everybody was kind of waiting for that to collapse, for this defense to get tired. And I even posted, I said, listen, what's remarkable is the offense, which we'll talk about in a second, offense couldn't do anything other than rush the ball. Of course, we have to talk about Zamir White in a bit, but they could not move the ball. They could not score. And we've seen it before. When that happens to the Raiders, this defense would get tired naturally. Not because they couldn't do well. It's just when you're on the field that long, it's natural. But I will tell you, this idea that Antonio and you got a credit for him, and some people made fun of it, and I even kind of was like, well, I don't get this. This idea of focusing on the second half and finishing strong and the focus on the defense finishing strong, the conditioning that they do. Because this defense, Mo, towards the end of the game, everybody was kind of worried, oh, boy, is this now? They went down, they scored the touchdown on the Raiders, the Chiefs did, and you're like, oh, boy, now it's a one-score game. And... The defense stepped right back up. They did not relent. We've seen first half of the season. That's not what would have happened, would it?
0: No, that would have been the start of a collapse. And I think that's what a lot of Red fans are waiting for. Once the Chiefs went down and scored and it was 20-14, to a lot of fans, and I saw it on my timeline, a lot of fans are saying, oh, here we go. The Chiefs are going to come back. They're going to win 21-20. Patrick Mahomes (laughs) is going to be crowned the greatest quarterback ever because he has another game-winning comeback drive. And it didn't happen. Raiders defense shut it down real quick. And as I said, I think that goes to the mentality that Pierce is bringing to that locker room. Right. So typically, I think under Josh McDaniels, that team would have been like, here we go again, because we've seen this team collapse under Josh McDaniels. Now with Antonio Pierce, it's more like we have to believe we can win this football game. Forget what happened in the past. We, we believe we're better than that other team. I believe Amik Robertson said, we have more dogs than the Chiefs do on their team. And I think it was Vinny Bonsignor who asked him again about that comment. He was like, we simply just have more dogs than they do. And I made a comment on the X that uh, when Jack Jones had that pick six and a lot of people said, don't poke the bear who is Patrick Mahomes. I said, well, the Raiders have a pack of dogs that took down the bear on Christmas Day and i think that that it, it's not everything having the swagger mentality is not everything cuz you still have to make plays but it's a big part of it and anything you do i even outside of football you and i doing this whether you're a writer whether you're out there in the professional world at an at an office part of your performance and part of you being able to do the best that you can do is having the confidence that you can do it cuz if you don't if you lack the confidence chances are you aren't going to get the results and the raiders clearly have the confidence right now and they're getting the results
1: right and and all this idea, and you said it earlier, and we'll close out the segment with this a little bit, all this idea that you somehow have to be deferential to Patrick Mahomes because he happens to be, and I still believe he is, the most talented quarterback in the league is BS. It's BS. You don't have to do anything. it's This is a game where you have to get competitive edge. so So you talk about confidence, but you also have to mentally break down the, the opponent. It's not just physical. It's mental, too. So Jack Jones with the pick six, knowing Patrick Mahomes over the last couple weeks. Those guys knew. The Raiders knew. They've seen what the Chiefs have been doing. They saw Patrick Mahomes frustrated on the sideline, yelling, screaming, press conferences, blah, blah. He knows. So when you get an opportunity to rub it in and get a, a, get a mental advantage, you do it. And guess what? It worked. It worked. So the people who don't like it are are those who are are aren't going to like any outcome unless it was the outcome they wanted which in that case probably was the chiefs winning the, the other people that
0: won't like it don't understand raider football because i like i <laughs> said I, grew, I i grew up on you know watching the raiders do things like that and and again not apologize for it and being unabashedly confident and brash That's That's part of Raider football. And again, that's and that's why a lot of fans like Antonio Pierce so much, because he brings back that brand of football that Raider fans, a lot of Raider fans miss so much.
1: The autumn wind, my friends, swaggering boisterously. Yes. Not swaggering with respect. Right, boisterously. (laughs) Boisterously, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's what Raider football is. Absolutely. Well said. All right. We're going to close out this first segment of Silver and Black today, the post-Christmas edition. By the way, I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas as I did. So thank you so much uh, for the wishes over the holiday. And we're back to football. We're back to talking Raider football. When we come back, we're going to talk about Coach Pierce. Gee, that story. Is that anything anybody wants to talk about? We'll talk about (laughs) that a little bit. We'll also talk about the offense as part of that story, too, because – Yesterday was not a good day for the Raiders offense, with the exception of Zamir White, who has now put together two games, maybe answered some questions we had, whether or not he could be RB2, perhaps RB1, if Josh Jacobs isn't back next year. We'll talk about all of that when we return here to Silver and Black today and Odyssey Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere. All right. Good segment. Yeah. And three, two, one. Welcome back. Silver and Black. Today, an Odyssey original podcast also heard on The Bet in Las Vegas on the radio, if you're with us there. Thanks for being with us. We are talking about the Raiders' big Christmas gift to you. Yes, their big victory over the Kansas City Chiefs, 20 to 14 on Christmas Day. What a way to start your Christmas Day, especially if you're on the West Coast. That was Christmas morning. You're probably sitting around with your family, having some coffee, having some you know, breakfast, whatever you guys were doing, what a great way to start out. You look at what the Raiders were able to do, held the Chiefs to 300 yards of total offense, five of 16 on on, on third down. Uh, just amazing. The two turnovers, of course. And uh, even though the Ch- the Chiefs held the ball for nine minutes longer than the Raiders, that tells you just how strong this Raiders defense was. And should we be surprised, the defense taking on the persona Of their interim head coach, Antonio Pierce, of course, Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator, deserves a lot of credit as well. So shout out to him because this team, this defensive team has been playing well all season long and has only gotten better as the year has progressed. Scott Branson along with you. My co-host is Mo Moten. He's a senior NFL writer over Bleacher Report. Also Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com where you can catch his work there. You can also catch my work on sportsnot.com. Thanks for being back with us. All right, Mo elephant in the room. Antonio Pierce, everybody, I mean, I'd say 80% of the people I see, not only within Raider Nation, but nationally, national pundits, former players who are on national TV, everybody now saying, especially with the win yesterday, and not just the win yesterday, I have to say this, because this is significant, not just the win, but how they won, that Antonio Pierce needs to get this job. I know you said as much on Monday, uh, I am there as well. I, I still think that you, they have to go through the process. You, I saw a lot of people say, you just gotta take the tag off, interim tag, you can't. League rules, they have to do an interview process, but mm-hmm. that could be just a process, so I understand that. But Mo, it's hard, I, I can find, I can find reasons to be skeptical still, that does not mean that I don't believe that you earn the job, and I think that you look what he's done now at four and three, they got two more games to go. The Raiders do, but the, the 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 attitude we talked about swagger in the first segment, the sort of turn we've seen with that. Not, the results always haven't been good, but the results we've seen this big landmark win for this team. I should say this highlight win for this team in 2023. Boy, the momentum is so far going in his direction. It would be hard to see him not get the job now, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, this was a statement game for Antonio Pierce. Now the Raiders also are alive in the playoff hunt. I don't yes. want to dig too much too far into playoff discussions and snares right now. The Raiders obviously have to win out to give themselves a good shot. But um, as I said, statement game for Antonio Pierce. I outlined what Antonio Pierce had working in his favor over on Sports Not last week. I said he already has player buy-in. We're starting to see player development from that Chargers game. You saw it again against the Chiefs, as I mentioned, Malcolm Koontz, Jack Jones. Trayvon Merrick almost had an interception. Samir White coming along now. And he also had his side of the ball playing well. Now, I know a lot of people don't associate the defensive side of the ball with Antonio Pierce, but that is his linebacker core. He was a former D coordinator at Arizona State, so I would assume that he has some input on the defense and the way it's playing right now and some impact there. So he had those three things working in his favor. And I said, he's missing one element to put him over t- over the top as a head coach or candidate. And it's a quality win against a winning football team or a team in the playoff hunt. And he got that yesterday. So in my opinion, if you're hiring today, he checks all the boxes to be the head coach. And I think at this point of time, the way the defense is playing, you don't want to disrupt that continuity. You don't want to disrupt that development and growth on that side of the ball. I don't think Bo Hart agrees it as the offensive coordinator. It's very clear that Aiden O'Connell is a backup. You get him a quarterback, the Raiders get a quarterback, they get a new OC, and hopefully the offense improves. And now you have a well balanced football team. But for as far as Antonio Pierce has his reach on defense with the linebackers, with the players in that locker room, specifically the, the leaders, I, I don't see how you turn him down at the interview right now as you said the Raiders can't just remove the tag you have to go through the interview process but as I said during the Bleacher Report Live assuming the Raiders don't flatline or face plant in their last two games if you're Mark Davis you have to be saying to Antonio Pierce as long as you don't screw it up and get blown out in these last two games you're going to get the job yeah but you have to finish the season you know on a solid note you can't don't just oh I got the job. I don't have to do my, you know, I don't have to coach anymore. I, I'm i the man now. No, you, the Raiders, as I said, the Raiders have a shot to still make the playoffs to seven and eight, and they go out against the Colts and the Denver Broncos in the last two to the season. But as I said, I, I think it's it goes without saying, you don't have to say this, as long as the Raiders don't face plant or flatline these last two games, Antonio Pierce should be the guy for that uh, head coaching job in 2024 and beyond.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that's what we said. I had, I had a lot of people come back at me like, oh, you said you didn't want him. as." Co-. I said, no, 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 no. We've been very consistent on this show. Play it I think out. the two of us. And it's we said, play it out. Play it out. You got to see who's in the, the candidate pool. But we always we always said he had the opportunity to earn it. And I think yesterday he got over that hump to a certain degree. And I think that to your point, yes. Unless, if they were to get blown out 40 to nothing over the next two weeks, you might have then, some yeah. questions. Right. It's not going to happen. I, I just don't see the way this defense is going, the way the trajectory is going. Anything can happen, of course, but mm-hmm. I, they're going to Indy next week uh, on New Year's Eve. So if he goes to Indy, and Indy's reeling right now, right? Because of these two losses in a row that really hurt their playoff chances after they were on a nice little run and Gardner Minshew, all that stuff. They go to Indy and win that game. Then you're talking about not only are you two games over 500 j- under Antonio Pierce, but then you also win two games on the road. It's hard in the NFL to win on the road. I don't care who you are. So, so to me, all the momentum is going in his direction. And I think you saw it yesterday. You saw it with that defense. And listen, again, we'll talk about the offense because the offense, is, as far as, as, far as Bo Hardigree calling it, as far as Aiden O'Connell being the quarterback, not good in Kansas City. Of course, you had Zamir White, 145 yards, had a great game. But overall, you have to look at where is this going. And I think this is the case where I'm with, I'm with Raider Nation on this one now. Because, look, I got convinced yesterday a lot because this team, you look at, just like when they came out against the Vikings, right, off the bye week. And they didn't look good. They didn't look prepared. They didn't look ready to go. And a lot of people wanted to make excuses. Well, it's not his team. And I said no. And you and I both said no. That's on the head coach. You – you're coming off a bye week. You need to be prepared for the game. They were not. Antonio Pierce owned it. Fans didn't want him to own it, but he did own it. He took total responsibility. Then they come out against the Chargers. You saw what they did there, and they come out against the Chiefs. Well, that's To me, head coach gets credit for that, okay? Because he is the leader, so you got to give him his flowers. So he gets that, and so now you see them come out against the Chiefs. Now if they do that again, win or lose against the Colts and the Broncos – then you start to see that pattern. I think that's what you start to see. And I, you saw Antonio Pierce get emotional in the post-game interview when he asked about that win. And I think there was a sense of not only does it show you how much he cares for his players and you see why he's got the buy-in, Mo, but he also knew that was a huge game for him. He wasn't being selfish, but it was a relief. It was emotion related to, whew, okay, I needed a signature. He knew he needed a signature win, Mo. He hey, knew it. Of and he got it in in a way that was so they overcame a, a putrid offensive performance overall, okay? Terrible. It was almost as bad as Minnesota. So if look you look, not, you look at that, that but the defense over, and, and that made the win even sweeter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: And I think a lot of things that we've been saying, even though some fans have pushed back on it, I think mm-hmm. Antonio Pierce understood even if he didn't say that at the podium so we said antonio pierce is in an audition can't dismiss him i said you can't dismiss him and you can't crown him until you start to see more results and you pointed out the fact that he was emotional after that win against the chiefs and i think he understood that that it was still a working audition now of course the season doesn't end today so interview process doesn't start today but I think he understands that with the win over the Chiefs and the way the Raiders beat the Chiefs. And I know the score was 20-14, to 14, but I feel like the Raiders controlled that game from start to finish. Now, there was some mm-hmm. sloppiness early with drops for both teams, a muffed pump from DeAndre Carter. I get that. But the Chiefs were never in a moment where they seemed to establish a rhythm. The Raiders had them off-balance the entire game. This wasn't a, a, a fluke win that you would say, oh, that's a fluky <laughs> win. The Raiders won on a last-second Hail Mary or it was one turnover. No, the Raiders dominated that football game. So I think Pierce understanding the way the Raiders won that game, it puts him in the driver's seat for the head coaching position that we'll see who the candidates are. And I think that's the only possible way that Antonio Pierce doesn't get the job if Mark Davis falls in love with a candidate that has you know, a proven resume and is a big name possibly. That's the only way I, I see it being kind of murky for Pierce. But I think Pierce in his head with that win understands that, look, I've, I've checked a lot of boxes. I, I've done enough right now to to be the front runner for the position right now, not knowing who the other candidates are. And assuming that I don't fumble it in these last two games. And I, as you said, I don't see that happening because these players are showing incredible fight right now for themselves, as Devontae Adams said, for the names on the front and back of their jerseys. And they're showing an incredible fight for Antonio Pierce, who's vying for that job. So I do not expect them to get blown out. They may lose a game. I think they have a good chance of winning both. They may lose, but they're not going to lose by blowout, by double digits to the Broncos or the Colts on yeah. New Year's Eve. So I think Antonio Pierce's emotion just comes from knowing, wow, you know, I was able to do an incredible job and turn around this football team that was three and five and pretty much lifeless in some games to give them some swagger, and now to have a winning record at four and three as the interim head coach is huge for me.
1: No, it is huge. And listen, I think that, I think that the way this it goes down, unless something drastically changes, and to your point, you don't know who the can is. If Jim Harbaugh wants the Raiders' job specifically, would Mark Davis suddenly think, well, geez, I love Antonio, I want to keep him, but I got to talk to Jim. I don't know. We don't know that. I, I, something. I'm reading tea leaves, Mo, and I just feel like the momentum, everything going in that right direction, for Pierce doesn't. That doesn't happen. I don't. I just don't see somebody coming in and being a candidate that wows Mark Davis so much away from the mood, the feeling. But anything can happen. I just don't see it happening, right?
0: Right. And I'll say this: If it, what's the old saying, Scott? If it's not broke, don't fix it, right? <laughs> exactly. So So the Raiders are now on the upswing with Antonio Pierce, and they're getting the development from the players. Why go off that track? Why disrupt that? You know, it 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 just doesn't make sense. In fact, to the old saying, "If it don't, if it's not broke, don't fix it." Antonio Pierce actually fixed it because it yeah. was broken under Josh McDaniel. So yes. Antonio Pierce actually came in and cleaned up the mess. Yeah. So I don't it's, see why you need to fix it again if, if, if your team is now responding to him.
1: Right, and not perfect. Not, things aren't perfect. No, now, listen, I, our, our good friend Kane on X.com, shout out to Kane, he said it to me after the game yesterday because I was talking about how they won despite not having offense, and he pointed out, of course, Zamir White, but you got to have balance on offense, which we, <laughs> yeah. they didn't have. But anyway, but he said there, and I agree with him, which is now you have that team with a quarterback – with some maybe improved just a little bit of improvement on the offensive line and maybe yesterday they win by they win by 3 scores i mean honestly because that's what they didn't have is they don't have the playmaker quarterback and and before look we've been we've been very supportive of the development of Aiden O'Connell on this show but as as i pointed out yesterday on X as well mo you saw there were times he got sacked where literally if he could just step and move a little bit with his feet. I'm not even talking being really mobile, just somewhat functioning, functionally <laughs> mobile. He would have gotten out of that. We saw that with Patrick Mahomes, who got out of situations because he can move with his feet. And so you look at that, and you say, okay, and I'm not making excuses for Antonio Pierce or the Raiders, but you look at them at four and three under his direction with a rookie quarterback, with an offensive line that's been without two starters now for the most part of three games, without their starting running back, okay, um, and without their starting tight end yesterday too. And so you start to see, boy, if you, start to, if you put him in that place, and I think Champ Kelly is going to get the job too, by the way. If Champ Kelly gets the job, I think this is where Mark Davis needs to say, okay, Antonio, you're going to be the full-time head coach after the interview process, of course. And <laughs> Champ, you're the GM. I want Champ to help you, Antonio get the best offensive mind we can get to bring in here because we're going to go get a young quarterback and we need somebody who we can trust to develop that quarterback along with you, and then you go. So, so I, I'm okay with that plan because I agree, and, Mo, you know on this show I've had co-hosts who've had no radio experience. You and I have had people that have written with us on different websites, including my own website when I had one, that hadn't writing experience. I love giving people an opportunity. You don't just give it to them because they've had previous experience. Is that a a tick against them? No, I shouldn't say against them. Is that a challenge for them to overcome? Absolutely. But I think you see Antonio Pierce, what Raider fans like to say is he's the quote-unquote leader of men. I think that's what they've had. They had that a little bit with Gruden, but that was a whole mess. So now you have a guy who lives the embodiment of the Raider spirit they haven't had that in a really long time. You could maybe say Jack De Rio had it a little bit with that kind of linebacker mentality. But this is a very different feel. You have a lot of momentum going there. And I think if you get him the right pieces and, and it starts with a quarterback and it starts with an offensive mind.
0: Yeah, and I agree with that. I think you said it was Kane on the X. I had the same thought. If the Raiders had it, an average quarterback Mm-hmm. That game is a blowout by yes. the, by the end of the third quarter the Raiders probably win maybe you know 31 to 14 and flip the first score of a, actually the Chiefs 31 17 probably Raiders win 31 14 31 17 if they have just a quarterback that can get that defense off the field because I said it during the game I said at some point the Raiders offense is going to have to give them something if they're going to win the football game now the mm-hmm. Raiders offense You know, didn't score a touchdown, but Zamir White had 145 rushing yards, and he had that dagger of a 43-yard run to seal the football game. So the offense finally gave him something at the end to seal it, and I was right about that. But as you said, going forward, I would like to see the Raiders upgrade their quarterback position with an athletic quarterback. I wrote a piece, if you remember, a few weeks ago, I said the Raiders' quarterback room is very archaic. They have a bunch of guys that have limited mobility or can't really move at all. Brian Hoyer, Aidan O'Connell, Jimmy Garoppolo. And and I'm still struggling with this with some people on the X saying they don't need a running quarterback. Pocket passers can get the job done. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that pocket passers can't get the job done. But what I'm saying is that your offense would be a lot more optimal if you have a quarterback who has functional mobility. Again, that doesn't mean he has to run for 50 yards a game like Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, score a bunch of touchdowns with his feet. It means he's able to move when he has to, to extend plays, keep plays alive, and evade pressure. And as you said, you saw that with Patrick Mahomes. Now, of course, Patrick Mahomes had to run because his receivers weren't open, but there were plenty <laughs> of times where Patrick Mahomes extended plays because he has that mobility. While he can still throw from the pocket, he can use his legs. And that's what the Raiders need on their side as at, at the quarterback position. At best, Aiden O'Connell is a backup in this league.
1: And that and that's the important thing here too. Because look, I would love to see Aiden O'Connell a Raider for ten years. I got no problem with Aiden O'Connell because I think he's the kind of quarterback that you need him to come in and spell a starter who's either injured or whatever. Yeah. You know, you can win games with him. I'm not saying you can't win games with him. And I think this is where people still and I don't know. Maybe it's our current t- times, Mo. People either want to be right and make somebody wrong. Like, you can't ever find common ground. And that's what I try to tell people. They, Why are you hating on? I had a guy on YouTube just will not stop. And I finally just stopped responding to him with all due respect because I'm like, dude, you're just looking for me to say that I'm wrong. And, I, and that's not what it's about. It's not about winning an argument. It's about if you look at the NFL, even examples of Matthew Stafford, okay, or Jared Goff. Well, they're pocket passers. They are more pocket passers, yes, but they move with their legs. I'm not saying they're fleet of foot, they're Aaron Rodgers or they're Lamar Jackson. I'm not saying that, but they know how to evade pressure and they are more athletic and they move around the pocket. And this tells me, and and, and this is not a put down on anybody. I want to make sure I say it's, it's the holiday season. I'm in a really good mood despite my wing being injured here. And that is that if you, if you watch other teams, some of you guys out there, you just don't watch a lot of football. You might watch highlights, and that's cool. I get it. It's a busy life. You can't sit there and watch football games all the time. Mo and I get paid to do that. I get it. Okay. If you watch a lot of football, you cannot show me a, a pure packet pos- passer that does not move well in the NFL anymore that is being exceptionally successful. You just can't find it. You can go to Tom Brady and all the Super Bowls. I get it. He's an anomaly. That era is over, especially in the last three years. Follow the way offensive schemes are. Follow the way defenses are changing to match offensive schemes. The way pressure comes in now on the quarterback, you have to be able to move. Okay? That's why the Colts have been good, even with Gardner Minshew at quarterback, because he moves. So, so with that said, the Raiders have to get, I think they have to go get two quarterbacks, Mo. They have to get the young quarterback. They got to do whatever they can in the first round to get as high as they can in the first round, wherever that at doesn't have to be in the top five. I know a lot of you guys think it has to be one of three guys or you don't get a good quarterback. Not so <laughs> got to do that. And then I would go get another veteran, whether that veterans, Justin Fields for a third round pick, or whether it's another veteran to come in that can be functionally mobile and let those three guys go into camp without a starter and say, Hey, whoever wins the job wins the job.
0: I just have one issue with people calling Matthew Stafford a pocket pastor. <laughs> For anyone who watched that Rams Saints game oh. last Thursday, he clearly has functional mobility. You saw him move out in and out of the pocket multiple times. If you watched Matthew Stafford while he was in Detroit, he used his functional mobility plenty of times. I know he's, what, 34, he 35 he years didn't. old. He, I, know, I know he's 34, 35 years old right now, but Matthew Stafford is a functional mobile quarterback. Yes. Yeah, he can throw. He's one of the best passes still in this league. But he can move in the pocket, and that's and that's what I'm saying. The Raiders need. Again, I'm not saying the Raiders need a Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. They need a guy who's naturally athletic and naturally mobile. Yes. But can still throw from the pocket. I think that's where the with me. I don't know what with with the pushback with you comes from, but with me, people are saying, oh, they need they don't need a guy who's going to run around, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's a quarterback who can move, but. His primary thing is throwing from the pocket, but has the ability to move. Doesn't rely on it to pick up yards, but can do it if necessary. And as I said, Matthew Stafford is a perfect example of that.
1: Mo, what I tend to get is I get the people who are saying, how can you say that about O'Connell? He's in his first year. You have to give him time to develop and then they point to guys like oh what about Patrick Mahomes i'm like patrick mahomes had 45 touchdowns 50 touchdowns his second year his first full year in the league so don't pick, compare it to patrick mahomes yeah but he's a functional mobile quarterback but nonetheless but the other the comparison there is listen mo i am now over 50 years old okay i'm just <laughs> under 5'10 because as you older you actually start to shrink a tiny bit just under 5'10 now i'm never going to be 6'2 just not going to happen right I can work hard. I can get in better shape, which I need to do, by the way. I can do all that. I'm never going to be 6'2". Aiden O'Connell is never going to be able to move with his feet the way some of those other quarterbacks. It does not mean he's not a good quarterback. It does not mean he can't be a Raider for life. It just is what it is. And that's what I'm trying to say to people. like, well, you don't know what he's going to be. Look, there are certain attributes you can't change, and that's one of them.
0: And that's what I was gonna say is that you don't get more athletic as you age. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. It just doesn't work like that. <laughs> if you're okay, if you're not athletic at 22, you're not going to be athletic at 26, 27, 28. Because remember, Aiden O'Connell is an older rookie. Yeah, and I believe he came in the league at 24, so he's not going to get more naturally athletic as he ages. It just doesn't work like that biologically. But I do agree with you. I think um, the Raiders should bring in two quarterbacks. Obviously, draft one early. And then whoever the O.C. is, maybe bring in a veteran who's familiar with that O.C. system to be the third quarterback to, to push Aiden O'Connell. Because, again, you're not if you're, if you're a new offensive coordinator, a new play caller, you're not just going to be giving out jobs. You want your quarterbacks in every position outside of Devontae Adams, Colton Miller, to earn their starting job. Right, and man. I think that with Aiden O'Connell, even if you do keep him, assuming you do keep him and the Raiders should, have a battle with whoever comes in as the veteran, have that competition or iron sharpens iron, right? So it, that's, that's what we talk about every year at training camp, iron sharpens iron. You push guys in-house so that you all could be better. And I think having a healthy competition for the number two quarterback spot with a functioning mobile quarterback would also be good for Aiden O'Connell.
1: Well, and that's why I talked about, it, and I know we've talked about it here on the show. I think we were kind of maybe even the first show, to really talk about it, which was the idea of perhaps giving Justin Fields a shot at the Bears. Looks like the Bears are going to move on from it. Looks like Fields is ready to move on as well uh, based on his 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 comments that you saw in some of the interviews he's done recently. And and I got a lot of pushback on that. He sucks. He can't do this. He can't do. You never know what happens. Right. That's what they said about Jim Plunkett. That's what they said about Rich Gannon. Like, you don't know. But here's my point, Mo, even with like, well, he's going to cost too much. He can His option year, twenty four million. Option year, you bring him in for a year, it's going, to cost you, it's going to cost you $8 million. You bring him in for a year, yeah, you got to give up a third-round draft pick perhaps. You bring him in for a year, it costs you $8 million. If he doesn't do well and he doesn't become your franchise quarterback, even with the rookie you draft, guess what? You let him go the next year, and you don't have to pay them. You, could, you can, you can you not exercise the option, make him a free agent, and he's on the market. So to me, and I'm not saying it has to be Justin Fields, but somebody in a situation like that, you have very little downside to me because if he balls out and he goes nuts and he's, he's everything everybody thought he would be, well, then, boy, now you have maybe a franchise quarterback for a couple years and you, can do, you have two options on him and you have a rookie to develop underneath him who if that rookie develops, guess what you do? You say, see you, Justin Fields, even though you had a couple good years. Now we got another rookie right behind you and we're good to go. And if he doesn't pan out, you, you, it costs you $8 million and you say sayonara. Here's my
0: thing about Justin Fields. I'm going to make multiple points here, and I want people to follow me very closely because there was a lot of talk about Justin Fields on the X, and a lot of people oh, yeah. had a lot of opinions that, or you said this, or you said that. No, that's like, that's not what I said. A lot of people think I'm saying Justin Fields should be the starter of the Raiders in 2024. That's no. not what I'm saying. First of all, and, and the other thing is, a lot of people think Justin Fields is going to cost the Raiders a first-round pick. He's not. Not after the year that he's had. He's not going to cost a first-round pick. I could see Justin Fields going for a third-rounder Right. Maybe with a late round pick, if that's the cost. If you're the Raiders right now, right, and you are in the thick of the playoff hunt, and you're you're probably unless you trade up, you're not going to get a top quarterback prospect. The Raiders should be in the business of having as many possible potential starting quarterbacks as possible on their roster next year. Ain't yeah. no count to me. It's clear he's a backup. So when you if you're acquiring Justin Fields. You're having him compete for the job. And a lot of people say, well, Justin, as you said, Justin Fields sucks. He just runs. He can't throw and all of this stuff. They said a lot of the, not a lot of the same things, but they crit- heavily criticized Geno Smith and Baker Mayfield. Uh, Geno Smith looks like he's back on the downslope for a year. Baker Mayfield on the upslope. A lot of people said, oh, Baker Mayfield can't be a star in this league. He's not good. Geno Smith, he's not a star in this league. He's not good. Sometimes it takes you getting to the right play caller. So Geno Smith had Shane Waldron in Seattle. Baker Mayfield has Dave Canals in Tampa Bay. And lo and behold, they had their best seasons over the last two years. I believe Justin Fields could still grow as a quarterback, still a young quarterback. And as you said, the Raiders don't have to exercise his his fifth year option. You can acquire Justin Fields, have him play out his last year. And if he turns out to be a nothing burger, you let him go. But let's say if he clicks with the offensive coordinator he's good for a year, now you don't have to pressure your rookie quarterback to start right away. And a lot of people say, well, see, Geno Smith hasn't been able to sustain it. Who knows if Baker Mayfield can sustain it? And that's my point is you can have a Justin Fields be pretty good for a year. What did we just say about this Chiefs game? If they had average quarterback play, they would have blown out the Chiefs. I believe Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Aiden O'Connell right now, right? So if you can get a Justin Fields to at least even be a bridge quarterback until your rookie is ready, because again, the Raiders may not have access to a top five quarterback prospect, especially if they somehow make the playoffs at nine and eight, they're going to be picking like 15 to 18. So right. what, let's say that the price is too high or teams don't want to move down and they want to keep their spots in this quarterback draft class. It's a possibility the Raiders quarterback, whoever they draft, if they do draft a rookie, may not be ready week one. So you're rolling with, who knows, Aiden O'Connell or another veteran. And I think Justin Fields can be at least that bridge quarterback where you say, okay, we have Justin Fields ready to play right now to be a serviceable starter. We also have our rookie who we drafted at 15, 16, 17, 18, who could be our eventual franchise quarterback, but he's not quite ready yet. So Justin right. Fields can play in the meantime, and then you transition to that rookie quarterback, whoever it is, and then you have that guy start for the for the you know foreseeable future.
1: And, and that's my point is, and Mo, we've said it numerous times on the show, and I I I just want people to understand it because because you have multiple quarterbacks. Doesn't mean to your point, you just made the point, and I'm just reiterating. Doesn't mean you're married to one of them. Unless, you know, okay, if you're picking first and they're second and third in the draft and you have Drake May or Caleb Williams, okay, I get it. You're you're married to that guy. He's coming. But other than that, have as many as you can because you just don't know what's gonna happen. And and to your point, if the Raiders are picking 15th, you're looking at Michael Penix or somebody like that, who I think has a lot of upside, but they're not they're not the player that a Drake May is. They're not the same kind of quarterback prospect. So if that's the case, I still think you take them, but you got to have that backup plan. And again, it might take you two more years to find the quarterback you want. I don't know. But if you can get a guy that has that functional mobility that can help make your offense more dynamic with a new offensive coordinator coming in to be with Pierce if he's the head coach, then suddenly you're starting to, as, as our good friend Q always says, cook with grease, right? You're able to do that. And so, so that's what it is. So it's not, not everything is black and white here. You have to go in with multiple times. It's about playing chess. And if champ Kelly is the GM, then you got to think, okay, what are my paths to success at quarterback? There's multiple paths, not just one. If you count on just one, then you get into a situation where if it doesn't work out, you're screwed. And I don't think the Raiders need to do that. So it's all good.
0: And let's reiterate the point. Champ Kelly was in Chicago when the Bears drafted Justin Fields. I'm just saying that he was he was part of that brain trust that brought in Justin Fields and, and tried to develop him. Now, again, I know Raider fans, some Raider fans are gonna say, oh, he sucks, he's this, he's that. I'm gonna reiterate this point again. Sometimes it just takes you finding the right offensive coordinator, and the right system to accentuate your skill set. I get Justin Fields has his issues. My issues with Justin Fields, one, he's got to stay healthy because he does run a lot. He he's got to protect the football, stay healthy. And he has these turnovers, and you saw it against the Cardinals late in the yes. game where the, where, the, where the Bears had a commanding lead, and he turns the ball over. Yes, he has those issues, and I'm not saying Justin Fields is, is a starter day one, but what I, what I am saying is you give him a chance to at least compete for the job in the first year he's there just in case you're the quarterback that you pick in the teens isn't ready to play yet because if there's no Justin Fields, if there's no viable alternative, you're yeah. starting A O'Connell again in 2024.
1: Absolutely. And and by the way, too, listen, you're you're right about the turnovers. And, and a lot of people brought that up to me about Justin Fields. And, and I agree with them. You can't you can't do that, especially in situations like that. But I will say this a surprising stat. I was reading a story the other day, fascinating story about it was about Josh Allen and how, oh Josh Allen, turnover machine, blah, blah, blah. It's interesting. Over the last five years, the Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks all were in the top three in interceptions. Did you know that? It's interesting. I I had no idea. But it's different when you're on a winning team where the quarterback turns over the ball and it doesn't hurt you as much. I know it sounds crazy, but but in a situation Justin Fields is in, if you turn over the ball like that on the Bears, different situation versus if you're the Bills and you have a high-powered offense and you can come back and score and you have a great defense – like the Eagles had before the streak they've been on. So, so, so that's the difference there. So while turnovers for a young quarterback are a huge concern to your point, you get the right coaching staff. And a lot of people are like, well, when has the Raiders ever been the right coaching staff situation? You can't have it both ways. You can't love Antonio Pearson and then say it's a bad situation if they go and get a young quarterback who needs development. So.
0: I Look, I'll say this about turnovers. Not all turnovers are the same, um, yes. but Because you know, there are there are interceptions at the end of halftime at the end of games on desperation throws. There are deflections where it's not on the quarterback. Sometimes the wide receivers' hands are made of stone. That happens. So you have to kind of look at each interception. But I'll say this I'm okay with interceptions for as long as the quarterback is making more plays than turnover worthy plays. You have to you have to consider the ratio and context. Is he throwing a bunch of picks with boneheaded decisions? Or is he trying to make a play, and for the most part, makes those plays, with the exception of, of of times where, makes the wrong read, uh tries to fit it into triple coverage, double triple coverage, and it's a bad decision. And to, uh, J- Justin Fields has some of those boneheaded plays that he's going to have to get out of his game if he's going to be a serviceable start in this league. But again, I think it goes to get him in a stable environment under a quality offensive coordinator and let's see what he is then. I'm I'm not so quick to call a player a bust until I see him in two different spots. So as I said with Geno Smith and, and and Baker Mayfield, they failed in multiple spots and then they found the they found the right place for them. The, the reports are that Baker Mayfield and the, and the Buccaneers are already talking about an extension. Uh the the Seahawks didn't draft a quarterback cuz they had Geno Smith. Now again, he doesn't look like the same guy he was last year, but all but if you could get one year to give your rookie quarterback who may not be ready to start right away some breathing room, some time to develop, I think it would be good for the Raiders because again, the Raiders don't have their quarterback answer right now. So you're trying to find the right answer. Sometimes you should bring in multiple possible solutions until you find that right answer.
1: Right. And again, too, I had somebody yesterday, and I know I know we're going long on this segment, but that's okay. It was a big win and everybody wants to listen to to Mo and I espouse. <laughs> Um, but yesterday somebody said to me, Oh, okay. So you're saying Justin Fields just needs a better team, but Derek Carr didn't need a better team. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. Derek Carr was a nine year veteran. You're talking about a third year player, a young player. It's a different situation. So again, not all situations are the same and I'm not always right. Look, they could bring in Justin (laughs) Fields for a third round draft, a third and a seventh round draft pick, and he could be a bust. Fine. Then you could say, "I told you so." Great, but at but, least but you tried. Scott, but e- even if he is a bust, you doesn't you matter.
0: drafted a rookie quarterback. So now you say, "Okay, Justin Fields ain't it." So we have our rookie quarterback who can now step in. And that's my point: is that you yes. want a plan A and a plan B because if Correct. you put all your eggs into one basket and that one plan doesn't work, you're stuck holding that plan A. And, just and all you have, is just give yourself multiple options.
1: That's and all. And you saying. have a second-year quarterback who played a bunch of snaps as a starter right. as your right. backup. And Nate O'Connell. Exactly. Right. Just
0: just you're give an... yourself multiple... I, I'm just saying, Raider Nation, if you're listening to me right now, all I'm saying is give yourself multiple options. Correct. Don't laser focus on one guy being the guy so that if he's not the guy, then you panic. If this I... guy's not the guy, move on to the next one. Okay, he's That's... not the guy, we
1: move on to the next one. That's why Mo dates five girls. Because he <laughs> keeps his options open. See, see which one guys, rises to the top.
0: Guys out there know what I'm trying to say <laughs> and what Scott's trying to say. Sometimes... You know, keep your options open for the young guys listening. I know there are kids listening to this. Don't do this. But sometimes you have to keep your options open just in case one doesn't work out. You have one lying in wait just in case you might want to have a lineup of two, three, you know, just in case.
1: But the third one might be your franchise girl. She might be. And then and then it's over. And that's, that's your starter. You're good. Right. Never know. There you go. All right, what a way to end the segment. Okay, we come back. We're going to close out the show, talk a little bit about the future of the Raiders, talk about what's coming up. What do we need to see over the last two games? Everybody's on the Antonio Pierce bandwagon. That's fine with me. Got no problem there. We'll talk a little bit about that again, but we'll also talk about the Colts and the Broncos coming up. And then the AFC, crazy AFC. I think finally people are going to talk about the Ravens. They run the 49ers and Brock Purdy's MVP candidacy Uh, of course, on Christmas night. So we'll talk a little bit of how that plays into the Raiders. Raiders playoff situation. Bum, bum, bum. Yes, they're still alive, unbelievably. We'll talk about that when we come back here on Silver and Black Today and Odyssey Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. It is Silver and Black Today. We're having a great time the day after Christmas. We hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas and want to wish you a happy, happy new year coming up uh, this next weekend. Of course, we'll have some shows in between now and then. We also will be live on New Year's Eve after the Raiders uh, uh, game in Indianapolis. Uh, Don't forget, also, make sure you catch Mo's work up on Bleacher Report. Uh, He covers the entire NFL there. He's got some gaming stuff. He's got fantasy. He's got a little bit of everything. He even covers uh, uh, pickleball. No, I'm just kidding. He doesn't cover pickleball. But if it's NFL-related, sometimes NBA. You're still doing NBA, right, once NFL's over?
0: When oh, the yeah. Knicks are hot, that's when I try to, you know, begin okay, okay, in you. a little bit of
1: NBA. Yes. Poor Detroit Piston fans. <laughs> that is unbelievable. I still can't believe the Pistons are that bad. But anyway, uh, catch his stuff up there. Also, do me a favor. Catch his Bleacher Report lives, right? So you hear Mo here on our show and our videos and all that stuff. But he's got a great thing going up there. Great content from Bleacher Report with Mo around the Raiders So go ahead and download the Bleacher Report app. So when Mo goes live, you can follow him on x.com at Mo Moton M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. He always lets you know when he's going live. So make sure you do that and catch those too. You can follow me. Also, LV Gully. The show is SNB Today. We certainly appreciate you guys uh, being with us. Okay, Mo, we look at the Raiders. Two games left in 2023. Things feel a lot better than they did even three weeks ago around Raider Nation. Slim playoffs still alive. They have to win out. The Chiefs have to lose out. The way the Raiders completely dismantled the Chiefs and the way they continue to be frustrated on offense and even defense, they're starting to fall off a little bit. Attrition and their play is just down a little bit. Could happen. I mean, I know everybody wants to, oh, the Chiefs will pick it up. They just need to get to the playoff. I don't know about that. So the Raiders' slim playoff hopes still alive. I would not get overly hopeful. Again, I'm not an emotional fan. For those of you who are, a lot of you who listen to us, of course you are, and that's good. That's what you should do as a fan. I wouldn't get your hopes too high, but at least the Raiders can put themselves in a position to where if others falter, they're able to do that. What's crazy, Mo? Scenario. If the Raiders win out and the Chiefs lose out, the Raiders would win the division. (laughs) How... Could you? I I would be. I can't even imagine that happening, but it's a possibility, my man.
0: So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine? No. The Chiefs losing to the Bengals, right? And, that, and maybe Jamar Chase is back. Who knows? That could be a close game. It could go either way. But can you imagine Easton Stick helping the Raiders? Yeah. Solidify an AFC West title by helping the Chargers beat the Chiefs, and then the Raiders beating the Denver Broncos. Raider fans would be insufferable oh. all over social media on whatever yes. app you're on—TikTok, Snap Facebook, the <laughs> X. The Raider fans would—they would—they would have to ban certain Raider fans from social media if that happens. Because can you believe that like, Antonio Pierce going six and three? wait Ra- Raiders after thumping the chiefs in their home on Christmas in front of Taylor Swift, then going <laughs> on to win the AFC West winning the division title and you know. it it would just be, it would be unreal. Unreal.
1: It would be unreal. And I know we're, we're now we're ginning people up and they're going to be pissed. At I us know when it doesn't happen, but, but, but if it does happen, I mean, yes, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take <laughs> Easton stick beating Patrick Mahomes. I mean, no one can script that no one will believe that that's going to happen but it would be remarkable for the raiders to go in consecutive weeks and beat the chargers by 43 points put up 63 against that team and then have that team help them get into the playoffs and win the division <laughs> that would be that would be a typical nfl for 2023 mo cuz the league has been especially on the afc side The AFC side is just crazy. We saw on Christmas night after the Raiders won, we saw Lamar Jackson and the Ravens knock on the door and say, hey, you guys all forgot about us. We might just be the best team in the NFL. And as of right now, I think you have to say they are because what did they do? They went to San Francisco. Well, Santa Clara. Went to Santa Clara and beat the crap out of the 49ers, made Brock Purdy look like Tommy DeVito. Right? I mean, he it wasn't even... And I was I was like, hey, I was defending Brock Purdy as an MVP candidate two weeks ago. Now, he goes in there, he, all he does is throw interceptions, and the Ravens roll. So, uh, this league, that's what's so crazy about this league and the AFC, how many teams are alive? You talk about the Bengals. The Bengals beat the Chiefs, they're still alive. Okay? Now, they have Jake Browning, all these backup quarterbacks. Mo, it, it blows my mind, so that's why when a lot of the Raider fans two weeks ago, it's over tank, but where are those people now? Where are that, they now?
0: Thank you. I, I said that there are my bleacher report live. I remember the Raiders dropped their last, their, 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 their last day after their last loss after Minnesota, not scoring any points. A lot of people go, Oh, the Raiders got a tank for a quarterback. It was asked to Max Crosby. And he was like, we're, we're not shut guys. Oh, we're not shutting it down. A lot of, People wanted Max Crosby to shut it down because of his knee, shut down Josh Jacobs. Now, Josh Jacobs didn't play uh, against the Chiefs, but Max Crosby was still on the field a whole lot. And now, lo and behold, cue the Undertaker meme that you see on the X a lot, <laughs> pushing the casket door open. That's the Raiders' playoff hopes right now. They're, they're All of a sudden, their playoff hopes are, are alive and back. And I, and I would say... The Raiders are underdogs by field goal on the road, and that's typical for typical. for favorites for home teams to have that field goal advantage, yes. you know, against the spread. So basically, they're evenly matched with the Colts. And, and as I said, the Raiders have already beaten the Denver Broncos with Josh McDaniels. Yes. So there's there's the two teams that are left on the Raiders' schedule right now. The Raiders can definitely win out and go nine and eight, and appears to be six and three, and they could be in the playoffs. So. To those people, I, I said it before. Remember the 2021 season. I know it was different under Rich Basacha because he had a veteran quarterback and a veteran offensive play calling Greg Olson. Yes. But you don't close the door on the season. Now, I know I even made fun of Devontae Adams and said, realistically, Brady's probably not going to make it. But, and you, you look up now at the standings, even at 7 and 8, there's still a sub 500 team. They got a shot. And, right. and the way the defense is playing, it gives them a, leg- a legitimate shot to make the playoffs. Now, while we did say that it seems realistic that the Reds aren't going to make the playoffs, we also said you don't shut it down. You right. don't shut it down because you never know what could happen. And as a, and as Max Carlsby said, it's BS. Not shutting, it, not shutting it down. Devontae Adams was a little stronger in saying we still have a chance, and he was right. Now the Raiders go on the road and beat the Colts. We're having a whole new discussion now. I will say this too: the Raiders had a lot of help this past weekend. A lot of the they things did. that the Raiders needed for teams to lose happened. You know, Mason Rudolph coming in for the Steelers and beating the Bengals and knocking them down a peg. Yeah. Uh, the, the Raiders taking care of business against the Chiefs. The Jaguars losing again. I believe they're on a three-game losing streak. The Houston Texans losing. The Colts losing, as you mentioned earlier. So they had a ton of help to get back in the hunt. But now, now there's there's some light. And and I think that they're feeling confident. And I wrote this in the uh, latest Bleacher Report power rankings. The Raiders are playing their best football right now. No question. Now, now, will, now on the other side of it, defensively. Now, I will say this, and that gets to my point about the offense. If Aiden O'Connell doesn't turn it around at some point, do the Raiders consider bringing back Jimmy Garoppolo, saying that Jimmy Garoppolo can't... As bad as Jimmy Garoppolo was, can he be any worse than Aiden O'Connell is right now if we're trying to make the playoffs? And I think that's a decision that has to come up with Antonio Pierce because he is, the, he is the CEO type head coach and he has to make those decisions because I saw a lot of Raider fans or some Raider fans bring up Jimmy Garoppolo. Can he be any worse than Aidan O'Connell on Christmas Day? And the answer is probably no.
1: Yeah, and I did I, and I saw that too. And, and I had people ask me and I said, absolutely not, don't bring him in. I, I said, you got to stick with O'Connell. As bad as he was, he didn't complete a pass after the first quarter. We didn't get deep into this Six. on the show because it is what it is. But, yeah. but he he, did not, he just did not have a good game. Just plain and simple, and that, that's the only thing you, you see now. A lot of people will say, "Well, rookie quarterback, you see them make mistakes." Yes, but what the only thing concerning with what we saw with O'Connell was that you you see a quarterback progress, and there's been progression for Aiden O'Connell, and then you see, yeah, you might see him make mistakes, but when you see a serious regression, and then a lack of the lack of consistency is my only concern. If he was a little off yesterday just wasn't great, wasn't terrible. But the fact that you don't complete a pass after the first quarter is a massive problem. That's a massive step backwards. It's not just a small mistake that a rookie quarterback made, like he threw a pick or something. That's not what it's about. So that's what's concerning. So now you get into the game with Indy next week. It'll be an early game because they're on the Eastern time zone. Um, I don't know. I don't know in that situation if you risk the injury contract situation with garoppolo do you want to be on the hook for 11 million dollars if he goes down hurt all that stuff i think you have to weigh that and say okay are we playing for the future yes we want to try to make it to the playoffs this year no question about it but i think to your point that's the tough decision you get to make as the head coach
0: yeah and, I, and i'm not advocating for starting jimmy garoppolo no. against the Colts. that's not what i'm saying a lot of people say well, most said start jimmy garoppolo and that's not that's not what i'm saying all I'm saying is, if you have a game similar to the Minnesota Vikings game where it's three to three or zero to zero going into the fourth quarter, and you're looking up at the scoreboard and you see teams ahead of you in the AFC have lost football games and you have a chance to win and possibly control your own destiny, do you say, hey, we'll pull Aiden O'Connell for the fourth quarter, start Jimmy Garoppolo, who's an experienced veteran, and then. We start Aiden O'Connell in the last week against Denver. We don't completely bench the kid, but for this situation in this game, we start Jimmy Garoppolo. Because let me tell you, I watched the Giants and Eagles game on Christmas Day. Tommy DeVito stunk it up for, yes. mo- for, for a whole entire half, and, and the Giants were down by two scores. They bring in Terod Taylor, and all of a sudden, the Giants offense is clicking and they almost pull off of a comeback. Now, the Eagles still win that game. But the Giants made that game interesting. At one point, it was 20-18 to 18 after the Eagles are up by two scores after they pulled Tommy DeVito for Terrell Taylor. So sometimes benching your rookie quarterback for a more experienced veteran who the other team didn't prepare for can spark your offense and help you win the game. Now, again, the Giants didn't pull off the comeback. But for the Raiders, if, you're, if it's 0-0 or 3-3 to and you're not in the two-hole, two-score deficit, a veteran can absolutely put you over the top and help you win the game.
1: Yeah, you, you need to see Aiden O'Connell O'Connell come out and recover quickly. Yep. You know you got to get he had a he had an okay first quarter against the Chiefs. Obviously not great, but you need to see him respond in Indianapolis. If you don't see him respond, uh, then you do. You still have to play for the playoffs. You do. And I, listen, I, I said yesterday, don't bring in, uh, don't bring in um, Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo, thank you. Hello, I had a I had a brain <laughs> a pause there. Uh, don't bring in Garoppolo because the Raiders defense was playing so well. Like I thought, well, geez, you know, now you get back, you get back to the the end of the game and and the chiefs get the ball back. And with more time, then suddenly you might have a situation where it's like, Oh geez, now you got to come from behind and win this. Is that, is he the kid to do it? Or do you put a veteran out there who's been through the fire a little more? So something to ask. And I know people don't want to ever entertain any of those questions, but it's the way it goes. So, and by the way, that's the thing when we talk about quarterbacks, and I just published, uh, we did a top 10 quarterbacks in Raiders history up on Knot today. Uh, and going through when I was doing this story, and it's just a quick hitter, you realize how many quarterbacks in the history of not just the Raiders, but all franchises, how few there are that are true longtime franchise quarterbacks. Because in the Raiders top 10s, you have some guys who were there two years. Jeff Hostetler, he's on the list because he had such a great impact in two years. But it wasn't that long. Same can go for Carson Palmer, right? So when you find a quarter, it's hard to find quarterbacks. You look at the Chicago Bears, they've never had one. I mean, Jim McMahon, that's it. Like, nobody. So so back to our discussion earlier, you got to find the quarterback, and so especially in today's league, get as many as you can. And I think the Raiders have an opportunity over the next two weeks. I think you're starting to see them solidify what they're – roster will look like on defense, clearly getting good performance there. There's, you can still improve at linebacker. I still think they draft a young defensive tackle for the inside. And then on offense, I think you're looking obviously for quarterback and some other depth there. So it'll be interesting the rest of the way. Mo, tell everybody what you got going the rest of this week uh, as you and I work through up until the new year.
0: Uh, Shout out to everyone who watched my bleach Report live on Tuesday, Early Tuesday, that was 9 a.m. West uh, Pacific time, noon Eastern time for people who joined that chat and just were able to take another victory lap, not on a bus this time, but another victory lap for that Chiefs, for that victory over the Chiefs. I will have a Sports Not article coming out this week. Uh, it'll likely drop on Thursday, just talking about the Raiders' def- young defensive <laughs> core, which we mentioned today. I think the Raiders, for, for once in a long time, can look at the defensive side of their roster and say, wow, we have a future there. With a lot of young guys coming along, as I made note during the game, the Raiders have Jack Jones under contract through the 2025 season. So this is not a situation where the Raiders have to sign to a contract after this year, after he's showing out. He's under contract for another two years after this season, and he's under one million for each of those years. So I think that's great value for picking him up, Uh, having that connection to Antonio Pierce. And then, and then Champ Kelly, who's the interim GM, signing off on that. So I'll have that coming out on Thursday. And on Sunday, of course, I'll be on after the game. Raiders-Colts to break it down. If the Raiders win, we'll talk more playoff scenarios. If the Raiders lose, we'll talk about who stays and who goes with that <laughs> roster and that coaching staff and that front office for 2024.
1: See, it's all about having plans, Mo. Just like a quarterback, you got to have gotta multiple have plans. They win, gotta you talk options. about this, do you lose, you talk about that.
0: So. A person with options... He's a powerful person, there a team
1: go. with quarterback options, has a future. There you Just go. Saying. And we will be back on Thursday, too. Hopefully, we'll get some mail. We'll get some mail in. It's a holiday week, so the mail's been a little slow this week. Uh, but we'll get the voicemail out there because I need to be able to uh, hear you guys. Because we get we usually get some good calls. Um, and and I, I and I like to give out the um, the number so you guys know how to get a hold of us. Because if we're going to do a voice, if we're going to do a mailbag, I like the sound. I really do. 702-900. So 702-900-7869. That's 702-900-7869. Call in. Talk to us. Give us some messages. I have a couple from from uh, uh, right after the game. So we got a couple already. You need a couple more. Let's do that. Uh, call us. Tell us what you think about the win. Tell us what you think about the Raiders the rest of the way. Tell us what you think about Antonio Pierce. Should he be the coach? Should he not be the coach? There's still some people who don't believe it. So tell us. You can also mail us at mail at silverandblacktoday.com. That's mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Go ahead, Mo. One important thing
0: that I, I, I saved for the end of the show, I probably should have oh. mentioned this at the beginning, but before the Raider game, I said if the Raiders beat the Chiefs on Christmas, dot, 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 and it was a lot and, you know, people were allowed to say what they would do if the Raiders won on Christmas against the Chiefs. You know what a lot of people say? I'll take off for work. You know, I'm going to have a victory cigar. Yeah. One guy at Raider Gilly said he would propose Propose. to his girlfriend if the Raiders beat the Chiefs in the Arrowhead on Christmas. Raiders win the game. I went back to the post that I made and I said, hey, no, Raider Gilly, what's going on? Give us an update. And lo and behold, he posted a picture on the X, proposed to his girlfriend. I don't know if you could see it. I'm going to put the, put the, uh, I don't know if you can see it. There you go. There it
1: is. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. If you're watching on YouTube,
0: there's the happy couple. She's not giving you the finger, people. It's the ring on the finger right there. Raider Gilly (laughs) and his new fiance. Yeah. So Mo Moten is bringing Raider love together for the new year. Shout out to Raider Gilly for coming through and being a man of his word. If he's listening to this, shout out to you. Appreciate you.
1: He is. He is now. We will be selling next week. Matchmaker Mo (laughs) T-shirts. So so be ready. (laughs) We love alliteration on this show. So we're we're getting ready for that. But there he is, Mo, bringing together love, happiness for life. There you go. All right, Raider Gilly, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Congrats. That's Mm -hmm. killer. We'll be so. We'll try to get a mailbag in. We will also be back with our Thursday show. So make sure you tune in for that one. We'll take a look at the Colts. We'll see what's, what else is going on in Raider. And it's been a weird couple weeks, Mo, with the weird schedule and the long time off and the Thursday game followed by a Monday game. It's been really strange. So we'll get back into our timing here and give you shows when you're used to it. Uh, but but uh, you can catch them all here as well. Uh, I also – I talked about the top 10 Raider quarterbacks in history I have up there. I also have a piece up later today, if you're listening to us in the morning, uh, on – Antonio Pierce up on sportsnot.com and his big win, and what it means for the Raiders, and what it means for him, and what it means for that Raider attitude being back. Because, you know, I was a little skeptical at the beginning. Like, could he really bring it back? But boy, after this Chiefs win, man, it was on full display. So go up and, and check that out up on sportsnot.com today. Mo, my friend, we will see you for the mailbag, and we'll see you on Thursday as well. See you then. All right. Everybody, I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. Again, Merry Christmas to all of you, and we will see you before the new year. So we'll get our shows in before the end of 2023, talking about the Raiders as they continue a playoff run. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Either way, Raider football's back in a different way, and we're all here for it, and we love you guys being along with us. For our producer, Mike Robier from Omotin, I'm Scott And This has been Silver and Black Today. Raider Nation, enjoy the rest of your holiday week, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Do you hear that? What was it? Would you have motorcycles again?